the question like if it could become a reflex it'd be so healthy what makes me worthy who makes me worthy christ period Mm -hmm. okay flip it so someone comes in and they don't match the rest of the context what makes them worthy christ i want to be hospitable to them in a way that would reflect him not only are you a guest but you're an honored guest why because we're all honored guests because of what jesus has done you know but we actually want to reflect that in our behavior welcome to faith refresh where we take another look at the Bible passages, beliefs, and other church stuff you've probably heard a million times and find something fresh. Hey, welcome back to episode nine of Faith Refresh with Anson and Chaplain Justin. Justin, I was thinking about how I wanted to introduce the topic we're going to be discussing today. And I was going back and looking through some of the previous episodes that we've done, some of the topics that we've covered on Faith Refresh. We've talked about some uh, pretty heavy stuff. Mm, We've talked mm -hmm. about scriptures like Philippians. We've talked about stories like the Good Samaritan and how there's just this rich depth to some of these verses and stories that maybe we don't recognize or haven't quite gotten to in the past. We talk about uh, heaven and the complexity of what we can know about the afterlife mm, yeah making disciples that was definitely a tough one evangelism yeah after all of that really tough stuff that we've tackled on today's show i really want to talk about clothing <laughs> <laughs> good and outfits we might as well fits as the young the fits, kids say yeah. you know <laughs> i recognize that that could be kind of like a wait what we're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna talk about clothes why is that i think there's actually something to this and so i kind of want to set the stage a little bit maybe provide some context for why we thought this might be interesting to talk about I'll just raise my hand first of all and say, I thought this might be interesting to talk about. If it's not interesting, I'll take the blame. This was my idea. Okay. You're going to have to sell me on it. No, I'm just (laughs) checking. (laughs) When you walk into a church, there's a culture Mm -hmm. to that place and to those people that you feel, I think, almost right away. Whether it's something that's conscious in your mind or not. And this doesn't, of course, just apply to churches. It could really apply to any place. Yeah, any setting. Yeah, I could see that. One of the things that instantly tells you a little bit about the place that you've walked into are the clothes that people have on. Mm -hmm. What's really interesting to me is in churches, there's an incredibly wide variety of environments that you might find yourself walking Mm -hmm. into. Mm -hmm. Just as an example, I grew up in a non-denominational church, Mm -hmm. pretty typical, like large church in the United States that was very casual Mm -hmm. in terms of its environment, right? So a lot of people wearing jeans, maybe even t-shirts, maybe some of the older folk have a collar on their shirt. Mm -hmm. Some of the ladies are wearing dresses. Some of them are not, but generally a pretty casual kind of environment, right? Yeah. Then I had the experience of coming to college and visiting a number of different churches Mm -hmm. and types of churches that I had never been in before. For example, I visited an Episcopal church Mm, and it was a relatively small town church. Lots of people who were older, people who were wearing much more formal clothes than I was used to, but also immediately noticed what the uh, vicar was wearing. Yes. Some very ornate clothing and clearly a lot of symbolic things going on, Mm -hmm. but something that was very different from the uh, vibe that I was used to (laughs) from the stage of my church, right? 
Then I had an experience just uh, about a year ago where I went to a conference at Elevation Church. Oh, yeah. uh, yeah. In Charlotte Mm -hmm. and had never been there before. Big, huge mega church. Yeah. Kind of feels almost like a shopping mall as you're walking into (laughs) it just from the size of Uh it. And there were all these very, very nice people who were hanging out. This wasn't for church. It was a conference we were having there. But they had a bunch of their worship team and people kind of hanging out greeting us as we arrived. I mean, they had a fit, like as the yeah, kids legit, were calling it, yeah. right? Like, I mean, they had cool jewelry and like the trendy hairdos uh-huh. and the glass. I mean, they just looked like cool people. Right. And I was walking in and I was like, man, I don't know if I feel like I'm like worthy to come in here because I just, oh yeah, I don't feel like I'm dressed as cool as all these people are. And then one person, as I was walking in, he looks over at me and he kind of like, Looks at me and he goes like, "Hey, nice haircut, man." And we're like, "Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Like, maybe, maybe I am welcome here maybe after so. all. I am like, worthy. Maybe yeah. I do fit." Yeah. And uh, to be clear, like, I'm not saying they were being judgmental of me or anything. It's yeah. just when you walk into a place, you feel that yes. unique environment yep. or culture that's present there, and our churches are not exempt from that. And in some cases, some of these decisions about our attire in church are very intentional. For example, that Episcopal vicar who was wearing mm-hmm. that whole crazy robe with the cross mm-hmm. hanging around his neck and the cap on his head. Yeah. All of that is very intentional yeah. and symbolic. In other cases, maybe we think we're just putting some clothes on and that's as far as we think about it. Mm-hmm. But I think no matter what we wear, we are communicating something, Yes, yeah. right? Even if it's not intentional. Mm-hmm. And sometimes what we're communicating can have a big impact on how welcome another person mm-hmm. might feel yeah. in our church. One person might walk in feeling very welcome based on their past experience and mm-hmm. another person might not at all. Right. So with that context in mind, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I wanted to dive into this topic in a little bit of a deeper way. Are all of these choices intentional? What about the unintentional ones? What are we communicating with our choices? Mm-hmm. And are there certain things we ought to keep in mind when we're making these choices about what we wear to church or how we think about what other people where yeah, to church. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious just as I kind of like set the scene for that, mm-hmm. like what does that make you think of in terms of your own personal experience? Like, is this something that you've ever spent much time thinking about? Yeah. The similar background as you described, mm-hmm. um, more casual, the phrase that comes to mind is like, come as you are, Yeah, you know, right. which is very grace filled language, which I appreciate. I remember being in certain church settings that were more formal, mm-hmm. say there are suits. And part of my story and, and upbringing, I remember my dad had a suit for like interviews, or, but we didn't have that. That was out of our price range, um, especially for like a growing, <laughs> let's say husky <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> young boy. Yes, It was almost like I couldn't, mm. I actually couldn't put on the attire that was common in certain contexts. Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, people could be very welcoming, but even if it's internal, I could feel like maybe I don't measure up here. Mm -hmm. I don't have what other people have, Mm -hmm. or even kids my own age, how they're dressing and stuff like that. And so that kind of comes to my mind, but also different experiences, say the church and other parts of the world, Mm -hmm. what their dress looks like. And um, I remember... In Ukraine, for instance, the eastern part of Ukraine, very poor area that I was serving in, this was years ago, it was common to have one outfit. Mm. And you wanted that one outfit to be the best that you can kind of muster. Mm. But you had one outfit. So guess what? 
<laughs> like you're that's going, what you're wearing to church. Yeah, exactly. No, it, no matter what. And yeah. that's very different than our context. Yeah. Uh, let alone other more remote places that I've been. It's just not about that. You know, we all kind of look the same or whatever. But I have been in contexts, like you said, uh, that are more ornate mm-hmm. and have been surprised how appreciative I felt of it. Mm-hmm. Like the symbolism, it's just. It was so outside my normal experience or how I had been brought up or formed in the church that I paid attention. Right. Maybe I didn't understand all the symbolism, but I could kind of absorb some of it and and appreciated it. So that's some of my background and, you know, how I am to this day. And for me, my disposition, I think, is fairly open. Yeah. I just appreciate a lot of where people are coming from and Mm -hmm. how churches do things and everything. But... It's not lost on me that walking into a context, you can feel like, man, I fit right in. I'm home even, yeah. that very strong language. Or, wow, I don't fit in right. and I don't under- understand what's going on. Yeah. yeah, it's a feeling that you can arrive at very, very quickly. Yeah, almost and just instantly. intuitively. Yeah. One of the things that I think about is we recently, my family, started attending a new church just within the last few years. Mm-hmm. And it was a little bit of a change for us going from a more kind of casual, non-denominational kind of environment to a slightly more formal environment, not the most formal, Mm -hmm. but more liturgical and a little bit more formality. And my daughter, who is now 11, would have been maybe eight or so at the Mm -hmm. time, we walked in. One of the first questions out of her mouth was, why is the pastor wearing that? (laughs) And he was wearing a big black billowy robe with a stole kind of going around his neck. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's a great question. I'm not actually sure, <laughs> yeah. uh, which was very interesting for me to kind of go like, I was totally prepared, I thought, to answer her question mm-hmm. and then realized maybe I don't actually have a really good answer yeah, for this that's good. because the answer that came to my mind was like, well, that's just what some pastors and priests wear. They yeah. wear black robe looking things. And I'm honestly not sure where that came from. Yeah, yeah. So my next thing was like, maybe we should go ask him. Yeah, that's good. Like, that's a great idea. And, yeah. you know, like an eight year old does, like, I don't have any qualms about Mm -hmm. asking a question. Right. So walked right up to him and said, why are you wearing that? (laughs) You know, (laughs) that's good. He's like, Oh, well, that's a great question. You know, actually the reason why in our tradition, we wear these black robes over, uh, the like tie and dress Mm -hmm. shirt that he was wearing Mm -hmm. underneath was because it's my goal as a, as a pastor with the robe that I'm wearing to kind of hide myself behind the cross. Jesus is at the center Mm -hmm. of the service that we're having. And this very billowy black robe thing, Mm -hmm. it's not to be showy. In fact, it's the exact opposite. I don't really get the opportunity to express my own individuality through the clothes that I'm wearing Mm -hmm. because it's covered by this black robe. And hopefully that kind of takes me out of the spotlight a little bit and allows the spotlight to shine Mm -hmm. more on Mm -hmm. Jesus. And then he went on to explain the stole and what color it was and how that related to the church calendar. And there's all sorts of depth and meaning there. But I thought that was really interesting because honestly, that was something that even as an adult was kind of new to me. Mm. And I realized, oh, this could totally be interpreted by someone like me who doesn't know what it's about as a, as a showy thing. Or right, a, yeah. But it turns out like the meaning behind that was actually very intentionally the opposite mm-hmm. and, and maybe more symbolically the opposite. But sometimes I think when we walk into those new contexts, 
it's very easy for me at least to like potentially misunderstand why certain people have maybe made the choices they have or Mm -hmm. you know maybe that guy's wearing a suit because he wants to look better than everyone else but maybe that's not why he put on a suit that morning at all Right, right right or i walk into elevation church and i go wow these people their hair's combed the right way and they yeah. have like really amazing outfits and they just look great. Are they trying to draw attention to themselves? Like we can start to draw some, some conclusions that mm-hmm. may or may not mm-hmm. be accurate because we don't, we don't actually know these people or the reasons behind their decision-making. Yeah. I would love to underline just your approach and your daughter's approach, which is a really healthy response, which is to ask the question. Yeah. So I, I could really quickly see, okay, I see a robe. Who does he think he is? <laughs> He's not better than I am. Yeah. I'm out of here. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that would be the classic move of assuming the worst mm-hmm. rather than seeking to understand. Because mm-hmm. you could probably ask the same thing to that uh, crew at Elevation. Right. Right. And say, hey, can you help me understand, like, not only how much cooler you are than <laughs> me, but like, how did you get there? You know, like, what's going on here? Well, I think when you say, yeah, assuming the worst about others, like, Darn it, we're really good at that, yeah, right? And in, you think about like the preachers with sneakers yes, Instagram yep, account, yep. right? The whole point of that account is to assume the worst in yeah. others, right? Judge, with, with gotcha. A, with a yep. bent of humor, of course. Yep. But yeah, it's kind of this like there's no reason, no viable reason mm-hmm. why a pastor on stage should be wearing $2,000 sneakers. Mm-hmm. Therefore, you must be a bad person. Yeah. And I mean... I, on the one hand, like I'm tempted to agree with the sentiment behind it of like, well, yeah, I don't know if there is a reason why a pastor should be wearing yeah, yeah. $2,000 sneakers. And maybe in some ways that's a, a viable thing to question. Mm-hmm. But in some ways, when I see like that Instagram account, I'm going beyond wanting to ask the question. Yeah, you can. And I'm skipping straight to, right. that's not a good person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Makes me second guess the uh, humor I've found mm-hmm. in some of those things. Yeah, I think the heart of judgment is is something that I really want to be aware of. Mm. Too good for blank, fill in the blank, or not good enough for, you know, fill in the blank. And there's different, like you said, church culture where to be seen and to dress to embody success in one way or another in many church cultures would be to signify that I am blessed, Mm -hmm. that I am following God in these ways. And regardless if you adhere to that theology or not, you could understand that's that statement. Yeah. Follow me where I'm going. It's attractive. It's good. Mm -hmm. It's prosperous, successful, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. Another thing like, and it can be exemplified in suits, for instance, like dressing for success, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) that actually can be a way to evangelize certain people. Like I want to pursue life in that way. The other thing a suit can say is respect. Yeah. You know, I want to respect this gathering, the God I'm worshiping, all Mm -hmm. those different things. So the danger becomes if I come as I am, you know, I'm more casual. I find myself in a more success kind of attire driven, whether it's trendy or whether it's a nice suit or whatever, then it becomes, I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. Am I accepted here? Even if I don't fit in, I think that's a very Christ-centered question. Yeah. Same thing with the respect thing. Am, am I seen as disrespectful because I stumbled in here and <laughs> I didn't know, I didn't get the memo. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And that was like one of the things I would say that I felt walking into Elevation Church. Like I felt very welcomed. 
Yeah. Right. And I, I don't really know that much about their church. Mm-hmm, and so I'm not mm-hmm. trying to say anything one way or the other right, about yeah. a church specifically. But just as an example for me, I walked in, had that instant feeling of like, ooh, I don't know that I feel like I fit the image of the way that people are here. Mm-hmm. And then I was treated very, very kindly. Yes. Yeah. And that went a long way, right? Yes, for helping yeah. to ease some of that discomfort of, I'm not sure that and I the same fit can in. happen in another you know, setting right. or the suits, exact opposite res- or, respect yeah. and, Oh, come on in, you know, like, exactly. Um, and that's such a Christ centered hospitality. I think. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that uh, is kind of interesting to me is I kind of lightly was joking at the beginning of this episode that maybe this was a, a lighter topic or one that didn't have as much like spiritual depth or maybe <laughs> right. like there wouldn't be a lot of Bible study about this. Uh-huh. I can think of just even off the top of my head, a number of places in the Bible where clothing and attire is talked about. Oh yeah. Like it's very present both in the old Testament mm-hmm. and Jewish faith practice, mm-hmm. what they wore and yes. what the, uh, the priests wore mm-hmm. and all of that was extremely detailed in some cases, seemingly pretty extravagant. Yes. Yeah. Um, but certainly very prescribed. But then even in the new Testament, you read certain passages from Paul and others who talk about the clothes that people are wearing in church environments. Yeah. And it's interesting that like we could think of this maybe as a very like modern issue or mm-hmm. an issue that maybe is relatively unimportant compared to other issues. And yet it's something that seems to be talked about a lot in scripture. Yeah. My mind goes to like the priests in the old Testament and how they're adorned. And there's this phrase quite a bit in the old Testament, especially like in the Psalms or, or places like that, worshiping God in holy attire, or mm-hmm. sometimes it's translated the splendor of holiness. So some Christian commentators would, would say this is more about a character, like an mm-hmm. appreciation of the holiness of God and coming to him in a kind of repentance, reverent way. Yeah. But if you look at the Old Testament, there's very specific holy attire that is prescribed. Even though some of those things, I think the symbolism and everything has been fulfilled in Christ, who's called our high priest, those Old Testament garments and different denominations today, there's kind of a correlation between the two. Mm. Maybe we have different symbolism, but we want to symbolize this gathering, what it means to be a church, what spiritual leadership is like Mm -hmm. through what our attire says, what it communicates. And you could say the same thing, maybe it's not as ornate, but a more casual church setting is saying something like, come as you are. Right. And it's a message. So there is holy attire, and it's interesting that there is this shift in the New Testament, which basically says, be careful about your apparel. Yeah. What you want to adorn yourself with is character, virtue. Yeah. In fact, Jesus actually really sternly warns about the adornment of the temple. Basically, this is coming down. What matters is your readiness for the kingdom of heaven. It seems like it's turned 180. Yeah, yeah. which is really interesting because you see the church leaders, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, these groups of uh, Mm -hmm. religious leaders in Jesus' day who he kind of set himself up against. They were the embodiment at that time of what we were talking about, all of the formal attire and these like prescriptions about prayer tassels and the way you wear them and Mm -hmm, when you wear mm -hmm. them and how you wear them. And I mean, all sorts of rules and and regulations about all of those kinds of Mm -hmm. things, which in and of themselves, we would have to say like, can't be completely wrong because I mean, originally these prescriptions come from God himself in the old Testament. Right. And then Jesus kind of comes along and like you said, kind of seems to like turn things on their head Mm -hmm. a little bit. 
which, yeah, I think could be a little confusing to us. Uh, certainly was confusing to the, the religious leaders oh, of yeah. the day. Yeah. Maybe flabbergasting oh, would absolutely. be a better word. Offending. Uh, even. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Me wearing this is not just like me deciding mm-hmm. like I want to look good or, you know, I'm following the commandments of a holy God. Right. And here you are telling me that I'm not doing it right. Mm-hmm. How can that be true? And it comes back to that idea of adorning ourselves mm-hmm. with character. And it's interesting that like, on the one hand, adorning ourselves with character is kind of like using clothing as a metaphor for mm-hmm. something else. Yeah. But in another sense, they actually can be very related yeah, to yeah. one another that like what we choose to wear may be very much actually based on how we adorn mm-hmm. ourselves in terms of character as well. Yeah, it brings me back to our heaven episode where in Exodus, the priestly garments or the tabernacle was like this blueprint of heaven made small as a gathering place for worship. And so if you think about what is heavenly, that's where the gold comes from. Mm. That's where all of the images of like olives and different things, because it's like the Garden of Eden. It's like Eden come home in this place, you Mm -hmm. know. That kind of ornateness is really beautiful, but sin can corrode that, right? Mm. Now it becomes a statement of pride. Right. Um, so you get to the Sadducees and the Pharisees in Jesus' day. We're the good guys. We've got it figured out, and you don't. You need us to tell you what's right and wrong. And by the way, you're wrong. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If we so, hadn't made that clear. Is that heavenly? Hmm. No. So Jesus says, I've come to bring the kingdom of, of heaven to earth, and I'm turning this stuff upside down. And so the context of each scripture is super important. And then to follow Jesus in the New Testament and say, okay, what's important? Well, a lot of it's the same throughout the whole story, that God does not look at the appearances. He looks at the heart. Mm. And that heart can come through the appearances, but the heart is what matters most. And I think that's what a lot of Jesus in the New Testament authors are are getting at. A lot of that seems to come down to this idea of judgment, right? How we as human beings tend to judge one another Mm -hmm. versus how Christ judges us. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's a big difference there. Mm -hmm. We tend to judge based on outward appearances, right? Mm -hmm. But God judges the heart. Is it that simple? Is that what a lot of this comes down to? It was so interesting earlier when you were talking about that conference and like, Thinking about this trendy, like super nice clothes and stuff like that. The word you said is like, I'm not worthy to be here. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, whoa. (laughs) So trendy equals worthy, potentially. Yeah. How many other things can we do with that? Mm. We could do it from a couple different angles. One is say, I'm the person coming into this church context and I'm like, well, I don't fit. The question, like, if it could become a reflex, it'd be so healthy. What makes me worthy? Mm. Who makes me worthy? Period. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only for this context, but any other context where the church is gathering, it's Christ and his provision that makes us worthy. Yeah. And uh, what about, okay, flip it. So someone comes in and uh, they don't match the rest of the context. What makes them worthy? Mm. Christ. Period. And so I want to be hospitable to them in, in a way that would reflect him that not only are you a guest, but you're an honored guest. Why? Because we're all honored guests because of what Jesus has done, you know, but we actually want to 
reflect that in our behavior. And I love just your example in that conference of, well, I don't know if I fit. And then all of a sudden you're welcome so well. Yeah. That's the thing in every context. I pray that that would be the feeling. Yeah. Some of that then comes down to not just how we judge others, like these people are above me or below me. But what you're kind of saying there is there's some kind of self judgment that is going on there as well of like, do I deem myself better or Mm -hmm. worse, worthy or not of the Mm -hmm. group that I'm in? Sometimes we think of being judgmental as very much like a me looking down on others thing. And and many times it is, but it could absolutely be true in the opposite direction that I walk into that type of environment and I go, wow, these people are clearly more righteous than I. Sometimes I think we confuse humility and humiliation. Yes, or shame. Right. I think shame is the perfect word there. It almost makes me feel like I I am beyond redemption Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. like Jesus isn't big enough to cover me and who I am. Right. It just strikes me that like, regardless of the context that you've come from or that you're walking into, whether it's formal or liturgical or casual or respectful or like, you know, whatever the thing is for us that we've grown up with or that we're used to, or that we think about or don't think about, like there's opportunity, I think for shame and judgment Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. all of these things, regardless, moving from one context to another, we're different in a lot of ways, but we're all very similar in that way. Yeah. Right. That at the core, it's like, it's the same issues that we're dealing Mm -hmm. with under the surface. Yeah, because we probably have had that sense before, that experience of not fitting in and judging ourselves Mm -hmm. based on that or wondering if we're good enough for those kinds of things. And I would just would love for each one of us to hear the voice of Jesus. I'm glad you're here. You know, that's not like just something he said, like he has scars to prove it. Yeah. You know, like, I'm so glad you're here. Come up here, sit with me. And whatever those experiences might have been that were, it it was painful in the past that somehow we could hear that instead. And the next time we we have that tricky situation that maybe his voice will be a little bit louder this time. Yeah. Maybe that's what it looks like to clothe ourselves with humility Hmm. as opposed to shame. Yeah. Right. As Christians, we are like to be little Christs. What is fit for Christ? Right. Like what would, what would he Mm -hmm. wear? Probably most anything. (laughs) Yeah. What did he wear? You You know, know, modest, you know, sandals, a a tunic. What is he wearing now? Well, he's king of kings. Right. Probably Um, looking pretty snazzy. Exactly. (laughs) But like whenever we meet him, I look forward to this. He's going to smile. Mm. He's not, it's not going to be holier than thou, even though he is. Right. right. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, have that same feeling of walking in and going like, wow, I don't know that I'm worthy for this. Turns out in this case, we're not. Yeah. Um, and yet still feeling that warmth and affection. You are above me mm-hmm. and yet I'm welcomed here. And, like, and what would it, so what would it look like for us to be able to embody that to each other? And scripture promises that he is going to serve us at his table. Mm. He's not going to have the Lord's Supper until we're there with him. And he's going to be the one serving. Yeah. I mean, if he's doing that, what are we doing? <laughs> right, you know, right. regardless of the, the price tag of certain things or how formal or not, you know, things look like is... Man, one way or another, if we uh, have believed and received Christ and we're following him, guess what? We're welcome. Mm. It's like we all need to deal with that (laughs) and deal with each other in light of that. 
Thanks for listening to Faith Refresh. You can find more Real FM pods and tons of other cool stuff on the Real FM app and at real.fm. Faith Refresh is hosted by Justin Rusinowski and I'm Anson Beyer. If you enjoyed the show, please consider writing a review on your platform of choice. It will help others to discover the podcast and listen for themselves. Faith Refresh is a part of the Real FM Podcast Network, a ministry of John Brown University.